TubeCityOnline.com, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a weekly series of interviews with people making news around the McKeesport area. Produced by Tube City Community Media Incorporated, a nonprofit corporation. I'm Jason Toger, the executive director. On this show, we talk one-on-one with elected officials, community leaders, and others who are trying to make a difference in the Monoc area. And we also take your questions and comments on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. Well, this week we're bringing you something a little bit different. We have portions of a program that was presented February 22, 2014 by the McKeesport Regional History and Heritage Center in Renzi Park. The program was on the history of the McKeesport unit of the NAACP, and the first voice you hear will be that of the executive director of the Heritage Center, Michelle Wordle. I'd like to welcome the NAACP McKeesport unit as the subject of our ninth annual Black History Month program, and I'd like to turn the program over to Anika Jones. On behalf of the McKeesport unit of the NAACP, I'd like to welcome you all, and this is a pleasure for me. Um, Lou Ethel Nesbitt is a lifelong resident of McKeesport. She is the mother of two, she is the grandmother of two. Um, I've known Lou Ethel for about 32 years. She's been a friend. Um, and the thing that is so special about Lou Ethel to me is that you don't need to see her every day to know that you can count on her and that she would do whatever you needed to do and just be happy to see you when she sees you. Um, Lou Ethel is an educator. She has worked for the, and been the executive director of the OIC McKeesport for 26 years. She um, is a community activist. She is concerned about the youth of McKeesport. And again, whatever she needs to do, she will do. Um, it is a pleasure for me to introduce Lou Ethel. Thank you, Aniko, for that very kind introduction. And one thing you all will know about me, I'm quick and short to the point, and I like to keep things moving, so there won't be anything long and drawn out. Uh, at this time, we are going to sing the national anthem, Black National Anthem, Lift Every Voice and Sing. And I'd like to ask Sherry Johnson to come up and lead us, since we all have such lovely voices. <laughs> Ring with the heart. 
much. At this time, I'd like to introduce Joanne Rogers, who is a longtime member of the NAACP. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Batiste for History and Heritage Center. This afternoon, I would like to introduce our speaker, Harold Hayes. Those of you who don't know Harold, he is a hometown boy. He grew up here in the Keysport and spent all of his youth here. And his father was the pastor at Bethlehem Baptist Church, uh, J. Harold Hayes Sr. And his mother, that's Gladys Burrell Hayes, she was the first lady of Bethlehem. When his father died, they moved to Pittsburgh, so he graduated from South Hills High School from the University of Pittsburgh when he got his BA in communication. After um, graduation, he worked for the Reading as Fundamental Program uh, by the Urban League of Pittsburgh. He came to um, KDKA in August of 1979 as a general assignment reporter and has covered everything from military operations in the Middle East to landmark local court cases. For those of us who know him, we always call him Timmy. So it gives me great pleasure to to introduce him as a very talented person, very dedicated. Every time we ask him to come back to McKeesport for any program, he's always very gracious and comes. By way of introduction, I have to let you know, somebody's been all in my Facebook page. I think that's how they got those pictures. And just to update uh, some of it, after high blood pressure, I don't eat chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream as much as I did. As you can see, I'm still growing. Thank you for having me, and those of you who know uh, my roots here, I'm always honored to be in McKeesport, where I will always be, even when I'm 90 years old, Timmy. I know that, and I appreciate it. A couple of things I'd like for us to think about today, and it has to do with this anniversary, or thinking about the roots of the McKeesport NAACP, and some broader issues about the older generation and younger generation. There is a passage in the book of the Old Testament, uh, book of Ezra, the third chapter, that I'd like for us to think about when we think about all this today. And I have a couple of articles I want you to think about as well. I'm going to read a few passages, and you'll kind of come away from this, I think, saying the more things change, in some respects, the more things stay the same. In the third chapter of the book of Ezra, the Revised Standard Version, starting with the 11th verse into the 11th verse, are these words, And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the priests and Levites and heads of fathers' houses, old men who had seen the first house, wept with a loud voice when they saw the foundation of this house being laid. Though many shouted aloud for joy so that the people could not distinguish the sound of the joyful shout from the sound of the people's weeping. For the people shouted with a great shout and the sound was heard afar. What I'd like for us to think about today is something they talked about as long ago as when I was a young man and that was a long time ago. And that is the generation gap. We still have one. The generation gap. Last month, my wife and I uh, celebrated our 30th wedding anniversary. Thank you. Denise says it only feels like 50 to her. 
And I told somebody uh, they're going to make a movie out of it. They're going to call it 30 Years a Slave. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Some of her relatives are back there. They're on the phone now. They're texting now. You should hear what he's saying. Anyway, we took a train trip to New York. That's special for us. My grandfather had been a uh, Pullman porter, and we were engaged in 1983 on the Broadway Limited. And um, so a, a train trip for us is special. And I remember that moment, I started this discussion with her, the train had stopped somewhere out of uh, Harrisburg, and uh, I started this thing about, you know, my grandfather was a, a Pullman porter, and her eyes glazed over like, I've heard this before, and then I pulled out the little black box, and she said, you were saying? <laughs> anyway, a train trip for us is special. So we went to New York to see Motown the Musical because we kind of like music where they actually have lyrics and melody. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> and so on our way to New York on this train trip, uh, you remember just a few days ago, weather was bad. Our train was on time, and our train was on time because the trains that go from here to about Harrisburg are all diesel trains, operate on a diesel engine. But after Harrisburg and the Northeast Corridor East are all operated on electric trains. They, are, uh, they have the pantograph kind of like the T downtown and it hits the electric line. And the trains that had been late were the trains most likely that had had to deal with the electric lines because there had been ice issues and delayed a number of the trains. In Philadelphia, they changed crews. And we got a new conductor at Philadelphia and we had new passengers. So a lady that came down and sat behind us on the train asked this new conductor, a young lady, um, most of the trains I've had on the Northeast Corridor have been late. Why is this one on time? She said, because this train uh, was not one of the original electric trains that came in on a diesel run. She said, oh, where did this train come from? And the conductor of the train looked up at one of the baggage tags that said PGH, and the conductor of the train said, they must have come, I guess, from uh, Lynchburg, Virginia. <laughs> now, at this moment, my wife has uh, deep claws in my left hand, <laughs> instructing me to not jump up and yell that your grandfather is spinning in his grave, that the conductor of the train does not know where this train came from. How do you not know where this... So I sat there, my little hand bleeding, I just sat there. <laughs> didn't say anything. And I thought it would have been nice for the conductor to know that on the train trip we had, there had been such cold weather that somewhere at Altoona or Harrisburg, there had been such cold weather that some of the doors wouldn't even open and they didn't let the people out of, out of each car. You had to go up to farther cars because some of the doors had frozen closed. And somebody in Altoona or Harrisburg had figured out how to open them. So it would seem to me that the conductor of the train, if that happened at Trenton or something, would want to know what happened before that. And then it dawned on me, the conductor's main responsibility was to make sure that train left Philadelphia at 3 and got to New York at 10 minutes to 5. And it said to me, that's very symbolic to me of some people coming up in the next generation. They are focused on what is in front of them, and that's it. And I think sometimes they pay attention only to the things right in front of them. And I believe it is up to us to help them see what is to their left, what is to their right, and what is behind them, 
so that they can appreciate what is in front of them. You're listening to a program on the history of the McKee Sport Unit of the NAACP, recorded live on location at the McKee Sport Regional History and Heritage Center. We'll be back with more right after this break. Support for this broadcast comes in part from the McKeesport Hospital Foundation. Since 1976, the foundation has addressed key concerns that affect our good health, as well as our education, social needs, recreation, safety, and security. The foundation partners with UPMC McKeesport and other agencies to eliminate barriers to all services for all residents of the Mon Valley. Visit mckhospitalfoundation.com or call 412-664-2590. You're listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a production of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. You know, we're looking for help in getting this show on the air and for help with other projects. If you're interested in the McKeesport area and you'd like to host a program or write articles for the website, call us at 412-614-9659 or email tubecitytiger at gmail.com. And now back to the program on the history of the McKeesport NAACP, presented by the McKeesport Regional History and Heritage Center. The keynote speaker is Harold Hayes. The biblical story I read had to do with the rebuilding of Solomon's temple that had been burned down. It had been destroyed. There was a younger generation who had never seen the old temple, and they were thankful just to see this new foundation, that it was in place for a new temple. There may have been some older folks who saw the original temple who shed tears because now they're ready to move forward, but I suspect there were some old folks like me who remembered the old temple and said, you call this new thing a temple? Do you know what the old temple was even like? I can tell by this foundation this is not going to be what we had before. And they saw that new foundation, realized it was going to be a step down, and both young and old both made noise. The young people cheering, the old people crying, and all anybody could hear afar off was noise. I think we're kind of in that same boat today. There is a generation gap such that both old and young are making noise, but you can't always tell who is saying what and why. Younger folks basing their excitement on what they see because they have never seen Solomon's temple in all its glory, all they've seen is destruction. So when they see the new foundation of something that's about to be built, they're happy. The older folks had seen Solomon's temple and shed tears when they realized this new one is not going to be anything like the old one that they remember. We can translate some of that to the present day. There are some kids who have only seen the rust of the Mon Valley. They don't know its potential and know nothing of what it could be or how when we grew up the only time we went to downtown Pittsburgh to shop at a department store was maybe for Christmas because everything else we needed was right here in McKeesport. So we're all making loud sounds, young people with their ideas which sometimes seem foreign to us, the older folks with their perspectives that sometimes seem foreign to the younger generation. I particularly enjoyed the movie The Butler with Forrest Whitaker who played the butler in the White House in many administrations, and I realized something about myself. I am old enough to have been the rebellious son in the 60s and 70s who challenged his parents, and now I am old enough to be the parent who would throw him out. (laughs) 
So I see the world from good perspective now. That being said, here are a few things I think we need to share with the next generation about the circumstances under which the McKeesport branch NAACP was formed in 1960. Here's an article from February of 1953, two months before I was born. And the headline is, Ministers Reject Jim Crow Picnic Proposal. I show this to young people sometimes and ask them, where do you think this article is from? And they think it's from Jackson, Mississippi, or Montgomery, Alabama. And then I share with them the subheadline and says, Pennywood must erase color line in swimming pool and dance hall. This is seven years before the McKeesport NAACP was formed. Let me just read you a couple of lines. The McKeesport Ministerial Association Tuesday took a sharp rap at the segregation and restrictions Negroes face at Kennywood Park. By unanimous vote, the ministers refused to take their church picnics to Kennywood unless all the facilities are available to all the members of all the churches in the association. The ministerial association took its stand, and I'm bending down because I'm old, I gotta see these little, uh, <laughs> ministerial association took its stand after two representatives of the park presented their 1953 picnic proposal. A special committee appointed by the organization looked at the offer and quizzed the park representatives last Monday about whether Negroes would be able to make unhampered use of the swimming pool and the dance pavilion. They were told that the customary practices would prevail. One of the park representatives was quoted as saying to that question, I have no answer. The time may be coming when what you ask about will be possible, but at present I have no answer. They are welcome to use all of the facilities other than the swimming pool and the dance hall. This is what the world was like in the Mon Valley seven years before the McKeesport NAACP was chartered. Uh, I had to laugh this week looking at the headline about the McKeesport Ministerial Association in 1953, and I'm about to doze off during the 11 o'clock news, and there's the pastor of Bethlehem marching about a strip club in McKeesport, and I'm saying, wow. <laughs> the more things change, <laughs> the more they stay the same. I do have somewhere in the house a tape recording from 1956, three years later, and it's in a very safe place. It's so safe I can't find it anymore. <laughs> of Race Relations Sunday at Bethlehem in 1956. I'm three years old. My father had recorded some of his sermons, and he's talking on Race Relations Sunday about brotherhood and raised the question about how uh, black kids in McKeesport could aspire to be great when the only people they see, how they could aspire to be teachers when the only people they saw in the McKeesport school district were janitors and not teachers. Support for this broadcast comes in part from the McKeesport Hospital Foundation, celebrating 36 years of supporting community health programs and services for you and your family. The foundation works with UPMC McKeesport as well as through the Mon River Fleet Partnerships in Braddock, Clareton, Duquesne, and McKeesport. If you would like to make a donation to the McKeesport Hospital Foundation or find out more about it, visit mckhospitalfoundation.com or call 412-664-2590. Our 
program this week is on the history of the McKeesport NAACP. It was presented by McKeesport Regional History and Heritage Center on February 22nd. The keynote speaker was Harold Hayes. Take us up to 1961, which is a year after the charter of the McKeesport uh, NAACP. This headline written by Hazel Garland from February 25th of 1961, and it says, Mrs. Virginia Gittins seeks post on school board. A few lines from that. When voters of the city go to the polls in May on May 10th, they will have an opportunity for the first time in the history of McKeesport to cast their vote for a Negro woman. The candidate is Mrs. Virginia Gittins, widow of the late Dr. William Gittins of 1351 Walnut Street. That was right across from the old Bethlehem. She will be running for a position on the local school board. Mrs. Gittins was the choice of both the Democratic Party, which placed her name on the slate, and the Educational Committee of the McKeesport Branch NAACP, which asked the party to place a Negro on the slate. This will be the first time a Negro has been placed on the slate of the Democratic Party here. Dr. M.R. Hadley was the first selected by the Republicans. It was believed at the time by many that if Dr. Hadley had been a Democrat, he would have run easily. This again in 1961. Later that year, not only was the NAACP involved uh, politically, but they were also involved in educational issues for young people. This is April 1961. A career clinic will be conducted Saturday, April 15th at the McKeesport Technical High School from 1230 to 4. It's being sponsored by the Educational Committee of the McKeesport Branch NAACP with the assistance of the Pittsburgh Urban League. You see the collaboration between groups. The clinic is open to all young people in the 7th to 12th grades in school. The purpose of the clinic is not only to encourage youth to further their education, but also to acquaint them with the vocational opportunities available to them in various fields. There will be a number of workshops conducted by prominent and experienced leaders. Not only will clinic be attended by youth of McKeesport, but many from Duquesne, Clariton, and they name a number of communi communities in the Mon Valley. Ms. Jean Dix is chairman of the Educational Committee. Mrs. Shirley Henderson is co-chairman. Dr. Arthur Henderson is president of the local NAACP branch. That's April of 1961, a year after the uh, charter of the NAACP. Now at year's end, at the end of 61, uh, this headline, uh, in Keysport NAACP reports education and job gains. And this is in December of 1961. And this tells you a lot about where they're headed. In keeping with the militant attitude of other branches throughout the country, the McKeesport NAACP is putting on a vigorous fight to integrate Negro citizens into all levels of the community. That this is being accomplished, one can't doubt after listening to a brief progress report at Bethlehem Baptist Church here Tuesday night. The report was made by Dr. Arthur Henderson, president of the branch, also Reverend Harold Hayes, pastor of the Chost Church, and Reverend James Nelson, pastor of Zion Baptist Church, also of this city. It was noted that the branch has set three goals to see the Negroes get a fair deal in housing, job opportunities, and education. When the branch was organized, there was only a part-time worker in the school cafeteria in the entire school system. Today, there are five Negroes connected with the school, and by this time, uh, Mrs. Gittins is on the school board. Gloria Lett is a substitute teacher. There is a janitor in one of the schools and other workers. The organization has seen to it that the McKeesport School Board has changed its policy about the hiring of teachers. Also, they talked about uh, inclusion in government. For some time, the branch has been concerned because there were no Negroes serving on various boards that govern the city. They talked with Mayor Andrew Jacomas, the mayor at the time. 
He promised to do something about it, and he appointed Reverend Hayes to one of three men on the zoning board. And according to this article by Hazel Garland, it was important because the city was in the process of urban redevelopment, and most Negroes live in the areas that are being redeveloped. As one of the zoning board, Reverend Hayes will have a voice in deciding where those people are to live. And finally, we get into 1962, and this is not aimed at being an exhaustive uh, report on what has happened. We ended up uh, leaving McKeesport in 62 because of the death of my father, but this kind of sums it up to me over a two or three year span how things moved. Um, another Hazel Garland article, Being a First Comes Easy to Pretty McKeesport Teacher, and this is an article about Suzanne Jones, who was the first black teacher, and that's in the fall of 1962. Uh, they quote Suzanne Jones as saying that one of the people who helped was uh, at Centennial C.H. Larson, the principal of the school. He was principal when I was a student there, and you know how long ago that was. He had observed her as a student teacher at Falk School, and he'd ask if she would consider teaching in McKeesport. And the article goes on to talk about all those who had worked hard to make sure that she got the job, and it ends with this line. Um, I am happy, she said, that Reverend Hayes knew about my job before he died. So you know that means something to me. All right, what have we learned from these articles? That it's not exhaustive, but you could see what things were like before the McKeesport NAACP was chartered, and you could see how quickly things were moving after it uh, came on the scene. Um, I think the things we could share with the next generation about that is change takes persistence, change takes time, and change takes faith. There will be times when younger folks will be excited about something they're coming up with. My generation may look at it and say, oh, we've been there, we've done that. But we have to encourage them because they have not seen all that we have seen. And to the next generation, don't be quick to dismiss somebody from my generation who wants to share their experience with you because we could all learn something from what the older generation, me included, has to say. All of us should create an atmosphere where older and younger generations aren't making so much noise that nobody understands one another. Let's listen and understand where each side's coming from and help bridge this current generation gap. And if we see the foundations of some new buildings coming up, let's look at it with a new perspective. If it wasn't Solomon's Temple, let's show them what it can be. Thank you. Our program this week was on the history of the McKeesport unit of the NAACP. It was presented by the McKeesport Regional History and Heritage Center on February 22, 2014. And the featured speaker was longtime local TV journalist and McKeesport native Harold Hayes. We'd like to thank everyone involved for allowing us to bring this program to you, including Mr. Hayes, the directors of the McKeesport NAACP, and the directors of the McKeesport Regional History and Heritage Center. You've been listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, copyright Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Opinions expressed on this program are not those of Tube City Community Media Incorporated, WEDO Radio, or those of AM Guys LLC, WZUM 1550. Listener support makes this program possible. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible contribution or find out how you can underwrite this program, please visit our website at TubeCityOnline.com and click on the donate link. You can also get a free subscription to this program and other podcasts at our website using Apple's iTunes or Stitcher.com. 
If you've got a question or comment, we hope you'll write to us. Our address is Tube City Community Media Incorporated, P.O. Box 94, the Keysport, PA, 15134. You can email us at TubeCityTiger at gmail.com or call us at area code 412-614-9659. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. Thank you.